Welcome everybody to Catfish Weekly presented by Whiskerware Apparel. Along with Chuck Davis and I'm Lyle Stokes. Welcome to the show tonight. We are uh, pretty lucky tonight to have David Arrington on the show with us. He's the winner of the Chattahoochee uh, Catfish Championship down south this weekend, and we'll get with him in just a minute. How's it going tonight, Chuck? Great. Um, the colder weather's coming in. The water temperature's dropping. Now, if we can get a few stable weekends in the next month or two, there'll be some good fishing brewing up. Heck, yeah. I'm ready for it. It looked like the uh, at the fronts would get off balance a little bit instead of hitting every Friday night like they have been for the past two years. Uh, maybe we can finally get us some fish. Um, seems like the guys on the Wheeler tournament hit it just right this week, and that front was coming in Saturday night. And um, I knew they were going to have a very good bite Saturday, and I was excited. I wish I could have been there. Yeah, it sounds like they had a heck of a good time. I know David and I talked a couple of times the last couple of days, and, and they had a really good time down there. Uh, one thing before the show starts, and if you make sure that I don't forget, uh, at the end of the show I want to announce this again, uh, next week, uh, the 30th of November, we will have Daniel Parsons on Catfish Weekly, and he's going to tell us uh, all the new stuff about uh, – the winter blues on Wheeler tournament. So everybody needs to make sure that they're tuned in uh, to stay in, in touch with what's going on down there. I understand he has some changes. Is that right, Chuck? Yeah, he's got some changes coming up. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to hear what they are. He hadn't, had, he hadn't let any cats out of the bag with me yet. He's going right. to make me wait also. So <laughs> Yeah, and, and that's okay. Uh, you know, we got uh, – uh, some stuff to talk about there, and, and Daniel will fill us in on all the information, and we'll get all the specifics from him, and that way we get it direct from the guy that does it so we'll know exactly what's going on. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention before we get on with David's interview is the fact that for all the people that fish the monsters on the Ohio, uh, there's been some changes in the rules and regulations for next year. Aaron Wheatley has posted them up. If you haven't seen them, make sure you get over there and uh, check those out. Uh, if I remember correctly, he made a post the other day that they was going to open up the um, um, registration for the tournament December the 1st. So if you guys wanting to enter early, be sure to get on there and get that done. Uh, the earlier you get, the better takeoff position you have. So we want to make sure if you're interested in doing that, that uh, that you get involved with it. Anything else we need to go over first, Chuck? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's it's going to be a 200-boat limit. So uh, if it fills out like it did this past year, it looks like it may fill up. And capping it at 200 is a, is a great idea. I, I was hoping that was coming. Um, you know, it really gets everybody on the ball, uh, getting their money paid up and it makes it a lot easier on directors, um, you know, getting everything set up if everybody gets and gets paid ahead and, you know, all that good stuff. And these large tournaments like that, you know, they, they deserve to be paid ahead. I know it's hard for everybody with their work and not predicting weather. I know it's a really big deal on winter blues, but. You know, get get that money sent in ahead of time so they'll know who's going to be there. Everybody get a good starting spot. And, uh, you know, a 200-cap boat limit, um, that would be great if they can get 200 boats there. Well, he's only 15 away from it last time. So, uh, you know, it, that's not a stretch at all to think that he can put it together. And, and uh, you know, he'll uh, – Aaron does an outstanding job, so I know that he'll have everything set up right and and uh, get it ready to go. So uh, just wanted to make sure, and, and like I say at the end of the show, if we don't forget it, we'll try to go over all this stuff again for the people that's not uh, here at the beginning of the show, uh, especially about Daniel's deal. Welcome to the show tonight, David. How you doing? I'm doing great. Um, I appreciate y'all having me on. Oh, man, we've been wanting to do this a long time. You and I talked about this a couple times, and you didn't have the uh, internet connection for it, so we just decided we'd do it on the phone. Yes, yeah, sir. We, uh, we, we're out here in the sticks, and it's 
hard to get good internet connection. Well, first off, congratulations on another win this year. You guys have been tearing it up down there, and we're so happy for you that you're doing so good. And I know it's kind of been a rough year for you, but the fishing for you has been on fire all year long. Yes, sir. We, uh, we've we been very fortunate this year in, in the catfishing side of it, and uh, I just uh, couldn't be more happier the way our year's played out. I understand that completely. Well, listen, David, I'm going to let Chuck take off, and I know he's got some questions and stuff to visit with you about, and I'll be back to talk to you in just a little bit. All right. Yeah, congratulations, man. That was uh, that was a great tournament, and you pulled it off Saturday. And also, uh, you're the points winner for the year also. So that's congratulations on that. That is um, – that's a. I know you've been working hard for that. Man, you've talked about that plenty of times, and that was something you was looking forward to and working hard to get. Um, and I think that probably means more to you than winning the tournament Saturday, doesn't it? It really does, Chuck. Um, you know, we, we fish against some. You know, down here in the in the south of uh, Hilljack we got some of the best fishermen down here. Uh, we don't have the biggest fish uh, down here in the Chattahoochee. But we've got some of the best fishermen, and the uh, win our boys' championship was probably one of the most meaningful things for me in the catfishing industry. Oh yeah, and that, you know, I I knew you was uh, well on the way, and you, you you was out in the lead for a while. Um, you know, and I know you had some hardships during the year, and uh, you overcame them, and. Um, you know, I know you made a lot of people happy by doing this, especially your dad looking down at you, and I know he's very proud of you for this. Yeah, sure. That was, uh, that was, that was no, no doubt the worst thing I ever went through in my life. Uh, you know, my daddy was my, I don't know it was my daddy, he was my best friend, and uh, he meant the world to me, and we was able to, uh, and he got us through the last half of the year, and we're, we wind up doing pretty good. Yeah, I know, um, you know, it's hard to get in the right state of mind, you know, going through all that. But, you know, getting out there on the water, it kind of eases your mind a little bit. I know it helps me a lot getting out there and getting away from everything and just getting my head cleared out. So, um, you know, it's, it's really good in that way, too, not also just going out and competing, but you know, getting out with some friends, just getting away from everything. And uh, that, you know, that Chattahoochee River, I was down there in in the uh, mid-80s on Fort Benning, and I would fish from the bank down there. And, um, you know, it's, it's some great fishing down there. It is. We, we really do got some good fishing. Um, and we're working really hard uh, trying to get, get everybody into the catfish conservation and and releasing fish, and uh, I, I think we found some success in it, and we're going to keep on pushing and, and try to grow our fish. Uh, I mean, we're real happy, real happy to catch a 30, 40-pounder down here now, and uh, hopefully in years to come, we can we can educate everybody and, uh, and start getting some really big fish down this way. Uh, so on on the Chattahoochee River, does that is that Georgia regulations or do they have to go by the Alabama regulations? Unfortunately, it's the Georgia regulations. Uh, we we would love for love for it to pick up and uh, Alabama pick it up and use their their regulations on catfish, but uh, unfortunately for us, they uh, they keep the Georgia regulations. Uh, do you think that uh, in the in the in the future, there'll be some uh, better regulations coming up in Georgia, or do you think that there's not enough people to be heard? I don't think, uh, Chuck. I don't think there's enough people to be heard down here. Uh, it's it, it take a it take a lot to get Georgia to pick up the you know the thirty four inch rule and the the one the one fish per angler. Uh, it's a long ways off, unfortunately. Well, yeah, I, I hope that, uh, you know, they see what they're, uh, 
you know, they're running, they, you know, they have some rivers in the east that, you know, they, they're saying that the, the flatheads are devastating and they have a big tournament over there where they, you know, this kill tournaments and stuff like that. So, you know, I hope they improve on that and, you know, get away from those kill tournaments and start putting on some stuff that, you know, people would want to visit from nationwide and come out and compete in. Yes, sir. it's sad that they're doing this hopefully they will um you know and you know start using it more as a game fish uh there, there's still enough out there for people to you know bring home to eat the small ones and just treat the big ones like game fish i think everything would be great I mean, $10,000 for a, you know, fishing tournament, that's a great payout for that Wayne County, but I just couldn't see myself going and competing in a tournament that, you know, do, does that kind of stuff. I just couldn't handle it. No, so we, we were wanting to go down there when they first had it, and uh, I wasn't able to make it, and then I watched the, uh, I watched them, you know, follow the Wayne County, uh, few questions from uh tim owens be cat busters well, i will ask you not to ask those questions <laughs> 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 no uh, he just he's just got something to say he just wanted me to throw that in there so because he knew you'd get a big kick out of it uh, they say that uh, you're one of the most serious fishermen that they know and they have a lot of fun hanging out with you before and after the events. And you're one of the guys that will help uh, any way you can if they need any kind of help at all. And, um, you know, Tim was telling me that your daughter makes bracelets for uh, them before all the tournaments, you know, for good luck. And you didn't bring him one up to this tournament at Wheeler uh, because he, you knew that, you was going to need that advantage. Well, you know, she, she made him one. Uh, actually, Tim and, uh, Tim and Teresa came down and visited. And uh, my daughter, Hayden, made him a bracelet for the Memphis tournament. And she didn't make me one. <laughs> and as everybody knows, Tim and Teresa went up in that, uh, Tim, Teresa, and Jody went up in that Memphis tournament and absolutely showed out. And uh up you know, coming in second in the national championship. And and before this tournament, Tim said, hey, uh, make sure Hayden makes me another bracelet. I said, Tim, I said, you crazy, man. I said, you can make me one on this one. And uh, I, I wouldn't bring Tim a bracelet on this, uh, on this tournament. Yeah, so it, it, it really is an advantage, huh? So you're not going to be passing them out anymore? No, I, uh, actually... Uh, <laughs> She asked me today, we was talking about those bracelets. I said, uh, I said, sweetie, I need, I need you to make me a couple more bracelets. And she said, well, daddy, I need another loom then. <laughs> I said, well, baby, I'll buy whatever you need to make those bracelets. <laughs> uh, tell you, I know you went to the uh, Mississippi River, and uh, y'all didn't have the best luck in the world this year. But uh, after having... Um, and matter of fact, your birthday was Thursday, and you got to Wheeler on Thursday. 
What was it like having a three-day birthday bash on Wheeler? I want to know that. Look, it was unbelievable. <laughs> uh, the only way it could have been any better if my two babies was in the boat with me. But um, I could not have asked for a better three days of catfishing. Yeah, that... Yeah, having your birthday on Wheeler, man, and, uh, you know, Thursday morning when I was wishing you happy birthday on Facebook and I knew you was heading that way, and I was like, man, this guy, he's going to be in heaven. I knew, you know, the, with the weather being stable, I fished Wheeler enough knowing that, you know, it was going to be a pretty good few days of fishing, and I knew Saturday was really going to be good with that pressure changing and that front coming through Saturday night. And uh, I knew y'all were going to be having a blast up there. Uh, yeah. I was want, after you know fishing the Chattahoochee with these black horse rods, and finally you know the Mississippi River's got some really big catfish in it. But you know you really didn't have that good of luck while you was out there. But finally getting the wheeler and using these black horse rods for what they were actually made for. Um, I watched a couple of your videos. Uh, how you like them now? But Chuck, those, those videos speak for itself. Uh, those black horse rods, uh, in my opinion, nothing holds up the big cat like they do. Um, it was it was unreal uh, how well those rods handled. The, the balance you had on them, uh, the backbone and the action on the tip, it was. Uh, Yeah, I, I was. Uh, I knew you was gonna have a good time up there if you got on some big ones, um, because those rods. You know, when when you get down there on the Chattahoochee and stuff, and you, you know, you're catching those twenty five and thirty pounders. It still makes them, you know, fun to play with, but you know, it's still like a little bit of cheating because you still don't have that fight you're really looking for. But when you when you get on those fifty, sixty, and seventy pounders with them uh, black horse rods. Man, there ain't nothing else like it. I mean, you know, I thought my back was going to be killing me, everything else, but they're they're just awesome. It's, you're exactly right. They're, uh, they did an outstanding job. Uh, you know, even, even, you know, those big 50, 60, 70 pound fish, you know, they have enough backbone and enough to them, we can still control them. You know, we were fishing in some, some pretty heavy structure, and, uh, we knew what the structure were, and we were still able to control the fish and keep them from diving back down in that structure. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's no problem throwing the brakes on when you need to. Um, I, I've had, you know, some get away from me, but it's been my fault. I was taking it too easy on them when I should have, you know, put on more brake. But, you know, I've learned now if, if, uh, if I need to turn them on around, I feel totally confident if my leader can hold up, he's come, he's turning around. Yes, sir. And we, we was able to do that. And, um, actually, uh, we took a young lady with us fishing, uh, and this was the first time that she actually went fishing, a real cat fishing. She's been pond fishing and, and, uh, that pretty much her whole entire life. And, uh, actually on Friday, it was Friday, we were sitting up there and we was, fishing around some really bad structure and hooked into what I knew from the get-go was a really big fish and uh, called her up to the front of the boat. She got the rod, started biting that fish, and uh, the fish wound up wrap, fixing a wrap around what we didn't want it to wrap around and uh, kind of coasted to, to take the rod and move the fish out of the way. And uh, that black horse rod, she was able to do it get the fish out of the danger and wind up netting the fish and it was a uh, 78 pound blue her first blue cat she ever caught wow that's that's um that's like getting spoiled <laughs> yeah what wheeler will spoil somebody um you can get spoiled up there very fast 
Well, one thing about that, you guys, uh, that lady caught a 78-pound blue, her first one. She she may fish for blues the rest of her life and never top that, but uh, she accomplished it once, and that's all it takes. She's hooked now. Oh, yeah. Well, I guarantee you, she is on fire. She is on fire. <laughs> She's ready to go. <laughs> and so I actually, you know, we talked about blue. We, we had a great time Thursday fishing. We caught a lot of fish and a lot of quality fish. And the Friday we caught some quality fish. Then we caught that one fish. And after we landed that fish and her reaction, uh, how everything went, uh, I looked at uh, looked over at the guy I was fishing with Josh and said, "I don't care if we, I don't care if we catch fish tomorrow. This was worth." every bit of it watching her catch that fish and, and, and in my opinion that's what catfishing is about is, is getting other people involved and and watching their faces when they catch that big fish oh yeah are you planning on trying to make winter blues i want to do my best um i would love to i would love to i'm itching to get back on winter i promise you that and that, that would be a great event. It would be a great tournament. Um, if anybody can get down there this time of year in Wheeler, it's every, every cast, every drift, every drag, you got the opportunity to catch a fish for a lifetime. Yeah, I, I believe uh, Wilson's going to be allowed this year, isn't it, Lyle? That's what my understanding is. I think so. We'll find out next week for sure. But I think I read we're going to be able to lock through to Wilson also. So that's also one of the best lakes in the country for big blues during the winter time. Um, you know, so it's going to be hard to decide which way to go when you come out of that Joe Wheeler Park right there at that creek. Um, okay, well, right. <laughs> it will not be hard to see that for me. You know exactly where you're heading. Yes, sir. I know exactly where I'm going. Awesome. All right, David. It was great, and I'm gonna uh, pass you off to Lyle. I'm sure he's got plenty for you. Well, right, David. You, David, we, uh, you and I talked yesterday about that lady that went with you. Now, it, did I understand you that you'd known her for uh, a long, long time? Yes, yeah, I've known Julie. Uh, I've known Julie for quite some time, uh, probably twenty, twenty-five years. Well, now, how in the world could you have known her all this time and uh, never taken her catfishing? I mean, uh, didn't I understand that she had been after you a little bit to to take her? Well, Mr. Lyle, you know, for a long time, I didn't catch any fish. I'd go out and try to catch fish, and I couldn't catch anything, so I didn't want to take anybody with me, so I thought I could figure out about halfway to catch a fish. <laughs> well, you've made up for it this year, buddy. I mean, you've been putting them in. How many tournaments did you fish this year? Oh, shoot, Mr. Lyle. Uh, I think we fished about 12. 12, 13, maybe 14 tournaments. We, we fished a lot this year. So out of them 12 or 14 tournaments, how many how many of them did you place in? Um, uh, well, I'm pretty positive we placed in every one of them. That's, that's, that's getting it done now. And, and you won several of those events, isn't that correct? Yes, sir. We, we won, uh, I think we won about four or either five first places, uh, not counting the championship. Man, that, that is getting it done. And, and on water where every time, and it's not just Wheeler, but all those areas down there where you're fishing, every time that, that you go to one of these tournaments, you're in a great area for big fish. So, and, and you're fishing against some very tough competitors down your way. Yes, sir. I'm, uh, you know, some, some of the guys we got fishing down here, you know, uh, Jody Atkins, uh, Tim and Tracy Owens, they, uh, they're, they're great fishermen, and, and there's several more I could, uh, I, I could say that's, you know, they're just, we, we really got some good competitors down here. We just don't have the biggest fish, but when we get on bigger water, uh, I think, you know, these guys show how, how good a fish when they really are. 
Well, and and I know this last tournament, uh, there was some guys from up my way that come down there, and I understand you got to meet Russ DeVore, and and uh, Russ in himself is quite a character, and he's a heck of a fisherman. And Russ puts a lot of big fish in the boat. Yes, sir. We uh, we we were very fortunate to meet uh, uh, Mr. Russ DeVore, uh, uh, Mr. David Shipman's there, uh, Chad Daly. There were some great fishermen at this last tournament. Uh, Mike Mitchell, uh, and I think the world of Mike. Mike, uh, Mike actually taught me a lot of a lot of things uh, about catching big fish, and uh, there were some great fishermen at this last uh, Hill Jack tournament. Yeah, and and was there was there a number of guys that showed up from long distance other than 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 Russ? Well, I think probably the, probably the longest distance was us coming from down here in Georgia, getting all the way up there. Really, that's further from you than <laughs> it is from Southwest Missouri or Southeast Missouri. Uh, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. It's, it took us about uh, it's, it's about a five and a half six hour drive for us to get up there. Well, that's probably is further for you than than, than uh, what Russ went because you know Russ goes down there quite a bit. He really likes Wheeler and uh, he Southwest Missouri or Southeast Missouri is not that uh, far of a run. You know, it's kind of like him going over to Owensboro. Uh, he can get over there about a third of the time I can, so uh, makes a big difference. But he really likes it down there, and he's he put one uh, when they made that Monster Cat DVD. He put one in the boat that was over 100 pounds when they done that. So uh, that in itself will make you like Wheeler, whether you liked it or not. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. We, we we actually watched that video the night before the tournament. We uh, just kept watching it over and over again. You know, <laughs> Number one, trying to figure out where he was fishing, but if you'd ask him, he'd have probably told you. He don't, he don't really seem to mind. You know, Russ is just he's a, a, he's a super nice guy. He, really is. <laughs> he is, and he's a wealth of knowledge, and he's he's like a, so many of us. Uh, he doesn't mind sharing it. He'll you know he'll help anybody anytime. Uh, all, all you you got to do is ask him and give him a little bit of respect, and not you know be mean to him because Russ is just, just a really good guy. And, and uh, he fishes with Tyler Moses and Tony hunt. And, uh, I'm trying to thank a whole bunch of other guys. Um, there's a guy from Illinois and I built rods for him and his wife. I can't think of their name right now to lose me, but, um, they fish together a lot. And, uh, uh I, I think he'll, he just, he just wants to be on the water and fish and he, he runs a uh, cat fishing with Russ guide service. So, uh, you know, Russ is just a good old boy. He is. He, he really is. And I, and I had the opportunity to meet Tyler Moses as well. And uh, Tyler was a super nice fella. Uh, really enjoyed talking to him. Uh, we really were really fortunate to meet the people that we met this weekend. Yeah, Tyler is a great young man. We was down to the Monsters, and we was pulling our boat up from the ramp, and uh, he jumped up on the side of the of the trailer and rode to the top of the hill where he had his truck parked. And we visited on the way up. He, he's just an outstanding young guy. And and uh, I got to say, he is the bait man. If there's anybody that, that's ever going to get bait when nobody else can get it, if Tyler's getting bait, he's getting bait now. That's just the way it is. Some of the stories he was, he was telling me about how much bait they catch at <laughs> one time was amazing to me. Uh, well, it is. It was unreal how much bait they get their hands on. I I have seen the videos where he was getting shad out, and they're taking huge dip nets and just throwing them in John boats in the bottom of the boat until there was no room left to move in the boat, and then they go unload it and go after some more. And he he, he takes the very best care of his bait. Uh, I know a lot of guys that go get their own bait and they freeze it and keep it, and they don't take, you know, do, just doing a hundred or two for themselves, they don't take near the care of them that Tyler does. You know, I'm not saying that about everybody, but I know some guys just don't. Tyler really cares for what he does. He takes good care of it. And, and we're talking about a full-time college student doing this for, for people all across the country. So, uh, you know, he's got it going on with that bait stuff. Yeah, he most certainly does, and uh... – and I know it's being a full-time college student and being a full-time bait guy's got the wear on 
Oh, it does. It does. And I, and, and I think that he shut off for this year. Um, and I don't know when he does it, but I think every, every fall he's, you know, he kind of lets all of his people that he supplies know that this is going to be the last load, get your orders in for how many ever you want. And I don't think he starts it up again until, uh, what is it, Chuck, sometime February or March, something like that. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Uh, yeah. he, he don't promise anybody anything during the winter. No, no. And, and that doesn't mean that he wouldn't go out and get some, uh, you know, if he got an opportunity because he knows he'd sell it, I'm sure. Yeah. But, uh, I know there's a lot of guys in my area that he brings bait to and, and, uh, he's just a genuine good guy and he's doing, he does everything for the right reasons. Uh, just the kind of guy you want to be around. That's all there is to it. Yeah. I mean, that they, you know, he still goes up to Cumberland and stuff, but you know, when, when Cumberland was down a couple of years ago, it, you know, he didn't promise anybody anything at all then, but, you know, he still makes a couple runs up to Cumberland and some other spots and, you know, fill some orders to some customers that, you know, that he sells to, you know, consistently. But, um, you know, he's always got what he needs, of course. <laughs> That's the way that works. Yeah. I mean, he's, he, all, I mean, it, he can still get on up that. They know spots where they can go catch, you know, 10 or 12 on some backwater creeks right in the middle of winter, you know, if he needs fresh bait, he can usually still go get himself fresh bait at any time. Oh, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. David, you got you a new boat this year. What, what, uh, you want to tell our viewers, uh, what kind of boat you got? Yeah, sure. Uh, it's a G3 Sportsman, uh, a new 200 DLX model. And, uh, it's, a it's a B-hole I tell you what, uh, we would not be able to do a really good job without weather and wheeler without that, uh, without them cut through those waves this year, um, this past tournament. Uh, I really enjoy that boat. And it's a, how, how big is it? It's a 20 footer. 20 footer. Well, yes. how big a motor did you get on that bad boy? I'm sorry? How big a motor did you get put on it? It's a 200. Uh, how much room does that particular boat have in uh, behind the consoles between the seats and the um, uh, the back of the boat where you fish out of? Well, that, that particular boat, they moved the console a little, uh, a little further up, and uh, it gives you quite a bit of room in the back of it. Uh, I don't know the exact footage or inches, but... Uh, Plenty of walk around room, plenty of room to put a, you know, 50 gallon bait tank back there if you're fishing for flatheads. Um, you know, you know, put your 48 quart cooler, you know, full of your, your skipjack back there. There's still room to walk around and, and move around in it and, you know, come with a, uh, a 65 gallon live well. Um, I, I was used to carrying a, one of those big horse tubs around that just got in the way of everything and this in boat live well just makes all the difference in the world. And, and you, most of the tournaments you fish down there now, they're five fish limits. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Five fish limits. So how does that live well work out for you in those five fish limits? Now, I, I do understand that you are on a, uh, most of the time on a two fish over 34 inch. So you got two big fish and three small ones. Is there enough? Does that live well work out good for you that way? Yes, sir. I mean, this, this past one, look, we were fortunate enough to win the tournament, but was unfortunate enough we only caught four fish. I mean, we was only able to weigh in four fish, um, and we have uh, we had a couple of sixties, a twenty, and about a ten or twelve of a little small one weight, and there was plenty of room that live well uh, for those four fish on this wheeler tournament. But you caught the we, we, could, we could put another twenty in there. You, you caught the big fish the day before. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, we did. We, we, we actually caught our big fish the day before. That's, uh, a, that's so funny. I know I was enjoying that when you was telling me about that, and I was so happy for that lady that went with you that she got to catch that. But, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's one of the deals about pre-fishing. A lot of times, a lot of guys, and Brent Riddle will tell you that it happens to him more than he'd like it to, 
that he'll catch his big fish pre-fishing before the tournaments. Yeah, we was, uh, we was sitting there, and we knew this was a good spot, and, and I kept saying, I, you know, I don't want to go here, I don't want to go here, and then I was like, well, shoot, you know, we don't get to come to Wayland but once twice a year. Uh, let's go give it a try. And uh, we did, and we caught that fish, and I thought, we got, we got to get out of here. <laughs> we, we, dropped and, we dropped and left, and... and uh, kind of mad at ourselves, but like I said earlier, I was, uh, I could have been more happy for Julie catching that fish. Oh, and, I bet. Uh, we went back there the next morning, first thing, and within 45 minutes, uh, we caught close to 230 pounds of fish <laughs> and four fish. <laughs> you know, I have said a number of times that I'm not so I'm not convinced that that Wheeler has the biggest fish in it, but I am convinced that it has the most numbers of of larger fish breeding size and up uh, than any place else. You know, they that that place is full of quality fish that's managed correctly, and as long as things continue on the way it is, you'll be able to go down there and in uh, an hour's time catch two or three hundred pounds of quality fish just because they don't take them all out of there every time they go out. That, that's right, and uh, and I'm you, that was one of the hardest. That's one of the hardest decisions I ever, I ever had to make was sitting there, and we've had our two sixties in the boat. And we was catching those fifties. I'm like, you know, as a tournament fisherman, we need to get out here and find some unders. That's a guy who loves to catch big catfish. I can't leave here. <laughs> you know, you would think that <laughs> you would think that if you sit there long enough, you'd catch some unders. But if you're in fifty pound fish, I'm convinced that the big fish hang together and the little fish hang together. And if all you're catching is 50 and 60 pound fish, you're right. You had to go get some under fish or all, or you're going to just have two. <laughs> That's hard to do now. <laughs> it really is. I mean, you, you could have got that 90 and cold one. So you, you, was, you was doing the right thing. Chuck says you could have got that 90. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I do the same thing, you know, and I end up coming in with you know two or three fish because <clears throat> I can't. I've been trophy hunting so long, I just I just can't bring myself into going and catching those unders. So, Chuck, how long do you stay on the fifty and sixty pound fish when you know you got to get three small fish? Um, I just throw a couple of rods out with some uh you know some, livers. yeah <laughs> hot dogs <laughs> now, uh, yeah it's 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 really hard <clears throat> when you when you get on the big fish like that you know that that especially when you when you stop getting a bite for a little while um you know you, you you're thinking that that big girl down there and she done ran everybody off cause she wants the baits. And, you know, I've, I've ended up, you know, culling and culling and culling because, uh, you know, they've actually got bigger. <clears throat> That's you, a problem I'd like to have someday when I, if I'm catching 50 pound fish and, and, and can't get off of them, <laughs> I'm not sure I'd be as worried about going looking for them small fish as I probably should be. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm need, I'm needing to catch me a couple of fish, as you know, <coughs> and you know, I'm, I don't believe in downsizing. Period. Which I've, I've probably could have caught some smaller fish, but you know, I'm not giving them the bait they need to get in their mouth. So you know, that's probably why I didn't get them. Well, you know, I, I know guys downsize hooks and they downsize bait and stuff like that. I've caught some of the smallest channel cat on 10 hot circle hooks and poked it right up through their heads trying to catch big fish. And, and they're taking big baits. You know, yeah. I don't know if they just sit around and gnaw around on the outside of it because they can't get in their mouth and, and they just accidentally get the hook or what. But I've caught some, some you know, I'm talking about, 
less than a pound channel cat on ten on hook and a big old piece of bait and and I'm thinking how many why are they even messing with this and the reason is because the big ones ain't chasing them off of it that that's right. the only thing I can come up with right oh yeah but uh, well David what else have you got planned for the winter other than uh, maybe getting to the winter blues on Wheeler. You haven't started uh, figuring out where you're going to try to hit next year yet? Oh, uh, we know. I think uh, we're going to the Monsters Mississippi, Monsters on the Mississippi, the George Young Jr. tournament. Mm -hmm. uh, we've, we've already pre-registered for that one. I think they're going to have it in April this year instead of May. Well, that'll be awesome. That'll be great. And Lay Lake, uh, Chuck, you know this, uh, Lay Lake has some great fishing in it. Yeah, the the flat, it's a, I mean, it's awesome. Um, you know, it's an awesome flathead fishery and, and awesome blues. You got both there. Now, isn't that where they have, Steve Douglas had his tournament a couple years ago on that lake? No, it was on Logan Martin, the lake above it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I knew it was right in there someplace. Well, the, the waters we fished was, you know, the tailwaters of Lay, which was below Logan Martin. And he had his tournament on upper Logan Martin, just, you know, just right down the road. It wasn't far. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm glad to see that Cabela's and, and them guys are all going back down there and, and giving you guys some tournaments to fish. And I know Daniel will have his tournaments. I don't know how big of an area Daniel covers, but he doesn't always have his tournaments right there on Wheeler, does he? No. Uh, and I, I'm excited. We are going to fish uh, a lot of the Alabama catfishing trails next year. Uh, I think Chuck, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he fishes a lot of the Cushion Chain, doesn't he? Yes. There'll, there'll be a couple. Well, one thing is for sure that Daniel does a really, really good job of putting on tournaments. And, and uh, I know that a lot of these guys uh, get in contact with each other. I know George and Aaron and uh, – my buddy that does the Twisted Cat Outdoor stuff, he gets a hold of, of these guys, and uh, they all talk back and forth a little bit. Uh, uh, all of the guys that, that need to uh, figure something out, they'll get a hold of Daniel, or they'll call uh, Aaron up or, or somebody. You know, they get everything together. To, to and These are the guys that are trying to do the best that they can for the sport and they're working really hard to make sure that it's done correctly. And, uh, you know, that's what it takes to make this thing succeed. These guys that are, that are out there making you pay entry fees and charging you double if you late on getting them in and crap like that, you know, uh, that, that's just ridiculous because we're, the number that people get at these tournaments is what matters. And, and, and you can tell by the numbers that's turned in in a tournament to the people that are running them correctly. I mean, look what Aaron done this year, 182 boats. Uh, George Young Jr., he – the first what week he had over a hundred boats entered before it was, and it was is, is over a year away. Uh, Daniel Parsons, I don't know how many boats Daniel has registered for the Winter Blues on Wheelers, but these guys go down there not because they they want to fish and there's no other place to fish. They can all fish somewhere else. Uh, they're doing it because these guys are working these deals and running these tournaments correctly. Uh, you don't see Aaron Wheatley's and Daniel Parsons and them guys having 30 boats to a tournament or 15 to a tournament where they're, they're gouging people $5,000 to hold the tournaments. They're, they're putting numbers of people at the tournaments because they're running them correctly. They're, they're doing it the way the people want to see it. 
and they're just doing a good job. And that's what we need to work for and strive to get. Uh, I know some other tournament directors have lost some of their stuff, and and uh, I still think that they all need to come together and, and as a group make a universal set of rules. And, and they don't have to be exactly the same every way, everywhere they go. But if they had a universal set of rules that would cover the entire country to where you could go to Wheeler and fish Daniels tournaments, or you could go up and fish Memphis, or you could go over to Owensboro and fish his, or you could come up and fish a Twisted Cat Outdoor and not have to consider major changes. And, and I know that that's not something for me to get involved with because the first thing for me is there should be a three fish limit on it, you know, and, and a lot of people's not going to agree with that. But when you go to these places and you see a 60 or an 80 gallon live well with five fish in the 40s to 80 pound range, you'll understand why that is so important. Uh, but if everybody, I also believe that nationwide, whether it is a regulation or not, I believe that they should all strive for the two over 34. That will force some of these other uh, states into pushing to get these regulations passed. But then again, that's my opinion. I didn't mean. And, and after, and you know, and after this, you know, um, you know about the tournament directors and, and, the, and the different trails and whatnot. Uh, it, it, it is very important to, for these directors and these trails to, to do a great job and. And I'm, I'm a little bit biased by saying this, but, you know, the Hill Jacks, uh, Jody Atkins and Tim and Teresa Owensby, in my opinion, has done an outstanding job, you know, doing what they've done with the Hill Jacks. And we're, we're trying to get out and venture out and bring more fishermen in and get, get the word out there now, with uh, the conservation of fish. When when that Hilljack catfishing tournament started, I believe it was Shane Smith that started that. Is that correct? That is right. And Shane did an outstanding job getting it going. Exactly. And and he didn't he move away from that area is the reason why you and Tim and Teresa and all of them are doing it now? He did. He he actually got transferred. You know, Shane's Shane's in the military and uh, he got transferred from Fort Benning to uh uh, Tennessee, somewhere I'm not exactly sure, but he's up in Tennessee, and uh, he turned it over to uh, Jody and Tim and Teresa, and uh, and they, they took it from there, and, and I think they did a really good job this year with it. I do too. It it looks to me from from an outsider looking in that they've done a really good job. I'm quite sure that Shane is extremely proud of what they've have done with what he started, and, and I'm so glad them guys are doing that. We need those kind of people running these tournaments uh, that everybody wants to be at and everybody wants to fish them kind of things, and, and they're doing a really good job. And I've not met Tim and Teresa. I've, I, it's for some reason, uh, whenever we've been somewhere they's at, we kind of missed each other, but uh, they are really good people, and, uh, and Jody is too. And, and they're going to take this and they're going to make this uh, as big as they possibly can. Uh, and people are going to keep showing up because they, they're doing it right. They're doing it correctly. And, and that's the kind of things that we need uh, in these catfish tournaments is people like that running them. And, and one thing, <laughs> I, I, I want to throw this out there. Um, I, I don't know how well or if anybody, if y'all know Jody that well. Jody's a very competitive guy. And, um, he just broke his personal best up in Memphis, I believe, at 61 pounds. And his daughter, Brooke Atkins, just broke the Hilljack record and beat Jody with a 68-pound fish this past weekend. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. <laughs> so he kind of got to rub it in on Jody on that one. Well, heck, yeah. You know, and, and how old's his daughter? Uh, I'm not sure. I believe she's probably uh, mid-20s, I believe. Awesome. Well, you know, and, and I bet she just didn't start catfishing in the last couple of years. She'd probably been doing it her no, whole life. Her, her daddy's been showing her how to fish for quite some time, but I, I think she's become a better fisherman than him, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's that's the way you bring kids up and they stay out of trouble and do things. And, and uh, I'm quite sure that he does not mind the fact that she's caught a bigger fish than him. Oh, no, you don't 
Yeah, he's gonna smile his face the way. Oh, I'll bet. I'll bet. I know that's that's something that, that you can't take away. You know, when we won that Jack and Jill tournament earlier this year, you know, Cindy caught the the fifty pound fish or just like a few ounces of being fifty pounds and and uh, you know, she couldn't hold the fish up at the weigh in on account of her leg and she couldn't get it in and out of the live. Well, and everybody thought that I caught the fish. I said, wait a minute. You know, I didn't catch the fish. The only reason I got a hold of it at all is because she can't. Uh, that is the only reason. And, and you know, I was so happy that she caught that fish. It's, it's better for me that she caught it than it was for myself. And I know Chuck and I have talked about that when Leanne gets on the big fish. You know, he's just so happy that she, she catches him. And uh, if it's your daughter or your son, uh, it's just great. Or if you take somebody else out that's not ever caught one, like the lady you took out the, the day before, you know, uh, that in that right there would have made my trip. I'm like you. If I didn't catch a fish in a tournament, I would have been just as happy knowing that she caught that fish the day before that tournament, her first big catfish, and, and she put that baby in a boat. That That's just a pig now. 78-pound uh, fish, that's a great fish any day of the world for anybody to catch, and for somebody to catch her first great fish with you like that is just outstanding. It's a memory that I'll never lose. Absolutely, it's a memory I'll never forget. Yeah, I'm sure of that. It's just uh, really a cool deal. And and when you was telling me that story last night on the phone, I was just so happy that she got to catch that. And and uh, I'm sure that that she will be wanting to go again. And that's that's why we take people is so they they enjoy themselves and have a good time and uh, they want to go fishing again. That's what makes the sport better for everybody. Yes, sir. That's exactly right. If we don't take care of these fish now, uh, by the time my nine-year-old grandson gets to be 60 years old or close to it, uh, there may not be any of them 78-pound fish in our area. You know, the way they're taking them and hauling them out of here now, uh, anything uh, could happen. So, you know, we, we got to take care of this. And, and uh, I, I won't try to hit on this too long, but, you know, I, I keep sending these messages to the Department of Conservation and tell them how I feel. And I know they're sick of hearing from me, but they're not as sick as they're going to be because I'm never going to stop. You know, that's that's what I believe in. And, and uh, uh, my license fee and taxes go to making sure that, that they do what I think is right as well as what everybody else thinks is right. So as long as I'm able to send them letters and stuff, they're going to keep getting them. Well, David, it's been wonderful having you on the show tonight. I know it's tough out in your area getting a signal, and and you was good enough to to get on the phone with us, and uh, we've had a really, really good time visiting with you. If you have anything that you want to talk about, future tournaments or, or uh, sponsorship deals or partners that you fish with, anything that you want to talk about, go ahead and do that, and, and uh, uh, we'll try to wind things up here. Well, that's you have had an awesome year, and and Cindy and I are extremely proud of what you guys have accomplished this year, and and uh, you taking that lady out, and and uh, you we you and I talk every once in a while, and and uh, you know you you ask me about fishing partners and different things, and and uh, you know I know that whatever you do will make me proud, and it sure has this year, and and uh, you've done really well. We're so happy for what you've done, and and uh, but. The highlight of it, I know that you won a lot and you placed in all them tournaments, but taking that lady out uh, ranks really high up on the list from what I see, you know, and uh, uh, taking these people out and introducing them to them great fish. And you guys, you and Chuck both live in, in an area that is uh, blessed with the fishing they have and, and thank those states for putting those regulations in because without them, you probably wouldn't have those. That's right. That's uh, you're exactly right. And we we need uh, we really need some <laughs> regulations. 
Yeah, and, and it's not just there, but that's what that's what made them areas have the fish that you guys got and will have them for years to come. So them guys done an outstanding job. Chuck, have you got anything else for David this evening? I sure don't. Um, I'm I'm good with it. All right. Well, David, I'm going to get off of the phone with you. Thanks again for being on the show, and I'm sure we'll be talking to you soon. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, David. Uh, see you later. Ladies and gentlemen, David Arrington, my phone was running dead. I hated to cut him off, but I was afraid we was going to lose out on him. Uh, David has really set the catfishing on fire down there this year, just done a really, really good job, and and uh, it just worked out good for him. And uh, I know he had some tough personal issues that goes on when he lost his dad this year, and, and uh, uh, he has has worked his way through it like we all do. And he has put some great fish in the boat, and and we are extremely on our team. And uh, he just he's just a really good guy. Now, Chuck, what do you think the fishing's going to be like at the Winter Blues on Wheeler? Oh man, it's Wheeler can be um, you know it can be the best trip of your life, or it could really be a heartbreaker. I'm looking for you to predict the weather so I know if it's going to rain or not. Man, that I wish <laughs> I, I wish I had a crystal ball, man. But Alabama, <laughs> Alabama, you cannot predict what's going to happen here. I mean, you know, we we could be playing uh, volleyball in shorts at the campground one day. I mean, that's just how you know it is here. I've I've actually been outside playing and riding bicycle in shorts after getting, um, you know, gifts on Christmas day. Um, you know, I'm, I'm saying that, you know, it's going to be in the average. I'll say that, uh, you know, the morning's going to be in the forties and the high is going to be in the fifties, maybe up to 60. I hope it's one of those days. Compared to what we're going to be having in Missouri, then I'm pretty sure that that'll be great. Um, before we get done with this, I'm, I want to run through some of these uh, uh, messages that we have on the chat board tonight. Uh, there are several guys. Jason is one of them that thinks the three-fish tournament is the way to go, and I, I firmly believe that. Mark Colburn says he's not a tournament cat fisherman, but he's a big fan, and he attends a lot of them. Along the lines of rural unity, he totally agrees with the three-fish limit, but one thing that he notices in his state is a huge difference in rod limit. Uh, Cabela's has a six rod, and another club limits theirs to 10, and one other has no limit. Well, that's that's the thing right there that, that needs to be unified because uh, state regulations are different in a lot of areas. And in... In the state of Missouri, I'll just throw this out at you, Mark. In the state of Missouri, you're allowed three rods per person unmarked. Now, on the Mississippi, you're only allowed two per person. But if you mark it and put your name or your conservation number or your name and address on them, you can use three. Uh, in fact, you can use more than that, but none of the tournaments that I'm aware of in our area will ever allow over six in use at one time, no matter how many people they allow in the boat and uh, he'd also like to know how do you tournament guys feel about the number of rods uh it seems that more people be attracted to sport a competitive standpoint with smaller limits any thoughts so vince says he allows six rods per boat even though kentucky license is uh unlimited and that's that's a great thing and i'm, I'm sure best i remember that's that's what uh, aaron does that's the way it should be Brad Durick says he runs four-line limit. Uh, we're talking about North Dakota and some of the biggest channel cat in the, in the world come from the Red River up there. Um, uh, Mark says he seems to think a six would be about right, and, and I, I believe that it is. I think that's the number that everybody should strive for is six in use at one time. Not that you couldn't have more in the boat in case you break something, uh, or you bust a leader, you can just grab another and bait it up and toss it out there. But six in a boat, I'm going to tell you, if the fish are biting, six in a boat's about all you want to watch anyhow, isn't it, Chuck? Yeah, six six is pretty rough sometimes. Yeah, it can be. Brad Durick says getting the people on their personal best is the best feeling ever, and that's what keeps him guiding. And I'm sure 
that that's correct because he puts a lot of people on the best fish they ever caught every year up there, and and that's really good. <coughs> Chad says he's been doing a tid rod limit because of the three people on the boat. After further consideration and input from angler, they will be doing a seven rod limit with six in use at one time, and, and that that makes sense. I never really uh, personally cared how many they had in the boat as long as they wasn't using over six, but if you put seven in the boat, if you put that in your rules, I would be okay with that too. That way, you, you I always think that you do need to have one backup, and uh, you know, it doesn't matter if you're drifting or bumping or if you're uh, if you're anchor fishing, as long as you're allowed a, a backup in case you break off, because you you could do that. Uh, Vince says that he allows two extra rods in the boat, only six in use. Uh, I, I assuming that he's talking about the temperature down at Wheeler, 53 degrees is seven mile an hour wind. Well, I could I could get along with that seven mile an hour wind because last year we had considerable more than that. Yeah, but seven's still pretty rough if it comes out of the west. <laughs> right, right, um, and and that's the direction it'll probably be out of when we get down there. Right, you know, the, there's only in the winter time. Uh, uh, east wind is is terrible. I don't care any place I've ever been. East wind was awful. But usually in the winter time, what we get is north winds and west winds, and they're both cold and they're usually both strong. Uh -huh. I mean, a steady seven, I mean, that's, that's some pretty good swells coming at you, <laughs> um, you know, cause that, you know, as, as big as Wheeler gets and now the West, which is, uh, you know, Wheeler runs to the, to the, from East to West. Well, I'm, I'm wondering if Bink's going to get on them big flatheads again down there this year. Probably. He put a good one in there last year. Of course, if he's going to jump in there and try to swim with it down, and when he turns it loose, he better give me some heads up so I get some video this time. Yeah, uh, you know, Banks going to be a, for, a force to reckon with no matter where you go. Well, he is, and 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 uh, you know, one of these days, Janet and Bink and Cindy and I are all going to get in a boat and go fishing. We tried to do that last year, whenever it was, and it didn't work out, but. Uh, I'm telling you, them guys would be so much fun. I, I just can't imagine uh, not not having a good time with them two in the boat. And and uh, you know they they are. And it doesn't matter what tournament you go to. If Janet and Bicker are in the tournament, you're going to have to beat them. Uh, that's just the way it is. Yeah, um, you know, a lot of times. You know, if they're not on the top of the leaderboard, they beat theirself, and that they'll tell you straight up that they made the wrong decision, and they, you know, that if they if they if they're not in the top five, they beat themselves most of the time. Right. Uh, Doc Lang says he has trouble managing two rods or two lines when fishing. <laughs> That's because he catches all them fish. Oh, he put down there below. He's getting too old and slower getting to the rod. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's the case. I'm, you know, I'm going to give old Doc a, a hit here. And and for those of you that don't know it, I believe we talked about this before. Doc Lang has one of the most impressive and informative websites called Hooked on Catfishing. And if you go check that out, he's got information on live wells that he's built. He's got information on drifting. He's got information on hooks and lines and boats. And it is one of the greatest informational websites you could possibly see. It doesn't cost a penny. And this is all stuff that has worked for him over his many years of catfishing experience. And if you have a question, uh, chances are pretty good on his website if you look, that question will be answered. He talks about batteries and all kinds of stuff. It, it's I've been to it so many times, you'd think I know it by heart, but uh, him and Lynn done a really, really good job putting that together, and I don't know if he's updated it recently or not, but it is an extremely informative site for uh, veteran fishermen, but if you are new at the sport, you ought to stop by because it'll, you'll gain some knowledge out of there. That's where I learned a lot of my stuff at. Heck yeah. Yeah, it's it's really good stuff. And 
and uh, it, it's quality information. It's not just a bunch of bull that somebody don't know what they're talking about put up. This is Doc Lang. I mean, uh, <laughs> it don't get much better than information from Doc Lang. It's kind of like listening to Larry Muse when when them two talk. Everybody turns around to see what they're saying because they don't nobody want to miss it. We, we really need to figure out a way to get Doc on the show. I'd love to have him. Uh, uh, his work schedule has been weird. We've talked about it a few times, but I think that one of these days we'll get him on there and, and uh, there won't be no hour show with Doc Lang. I just can't imagine. Well, Chuck, what do you got for closing statements tonight? Um, nothing really. Uh, you know, we're going to have a, a good family Thanksgiving this week. Hopefully I can get out on the water this weekend. Uh, with some friends and uh, just try to I'm gonna try to get up at least once before winter blues and do some pre-fishing and then you know hopefully David will come up and hit Neely with me in about a month oh, that'd, be, that'd be great you guys have a blast yeah we've been planning it for a while we just hadn't you know it's just so much going on with him and then you know, I've got so much going on. It's just hard for us to get get the right time together. We uh, we do want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. If you're traveling over the holidays, please be careful. Uh, in my particular area, it looks like the weather is going to be pretty good, other than maybe some rain Thursday. But uh, safe travels to everybody. Have a great holiday. Uh, I can't think of anything else uh, other than what we talked about getting the show. Get over and check out Aaron Wheatley's uh monsters on the ohio page and check out all the new rules and regulations uh december 1st he's going to start now there's a time when you can send that in so you need to check out his page because i don't remember none of that stuff and uh get all your stuff if you want to get an early takeout for uh uh monsters on the ohio next year um what was the other thing we talked about at the beginning of the show check well, we're going to, you know, next week we're going to go over the giveaway in more detail. We're going to have a Christmas giveaway. Oh, yeah. I Every, yeah, everyone's going to be, we're going to, you know, not just have one grand prize winner this year. We're going to kind of split stuff up a little bit, have more winners. And we're just going to, I guess we're just going to have it where Scott Woody can't participate because he's too lucky. <laughs> oh, man. Scott will have his wife and his daughter, and they'll hit one uh, first, second, third, or something. On that Scott does. He's awesome. He wins a lot, but you know he's one of he's one of our tried and true. Every week he's here. We know we know Scott Woody's going to be listening to the show, and and uh, we thank him so much for that. But uh, just just right quick, um, we're going to have a rod from Black Horse Rods. We're going to have a package from Whiskerware Apparel. Uh, we're going to have stuff coming from Aaron Wheatley and Monsters on the Ohio. So uh, not sure where, what else we got going. Um, we are going to, instead of having one big prize package, how many ever prizes that we get, we're going to draw numbers out. And, and I'm not, do you know how to do that deal that, that Chris used to do on that random whatever it was? Yeah. That's okay. random.org. I, I can't do it on my computer because it's, <laughs> we'll get Paul to help us with that. Yeah, I, it's a security oh, risk. So we're going to give away stuff till we run out of it and let as many people win as much stuff as we possibly can. Uh, and, and we want to thank all of you guys for watching us every week. And, and until next Monday night with Daniel Parsons at Chuck and Lyle, we'll see you then.